had a one in 1,000 chance of beating Lincoln McElrady. And the only chance that I had to increase those odds to, let's say, one in 100 was if I believed. And I did. I believed it was possible. So my chances increased tenfold from one in 1,000 to one in 100. And Ken Norton believed. He got his one in 100. His odds probably weren't quite as long, but they were probably pretty darn long. But because he believed that everything is possible, he got his one in 100. Are you willing to believe that? Because that's your only shot. But it's scary. It's scary to believe that. It's not only scary, we have this doubt. Like, who am I to beat Lincoln McElrady? Well, why not you? For years, I struggled to find the clarity of purpose in my life and the single-minded focus that I had when I was an athlete. You know, it just felt like I was working hard but not really getting any closer to where I wanted to go. And to be honest, I really didn't even know or have a clear vision on where I wanted to go. Then I discovered a powerful four-step blueprint that I began to apply to my life, and it changed everything. Now, every morning, I'm excited to attack the day because I have a clarity of purpose and I have confidence in my plan and I have peace of mind in knowing that I'm back on that path to elite success. Anyone, and I mean anyone, can use this four-step process to recreate the key elements in the life of an elite performer so you can regain that clarity of purpose and that single-minded focus so that you can both achieve your goals and live a balanced life. I created a, a free PDF for you outlining the four-step Reveal Your Path Blueprint for Success just go to jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint. That's jimharshawjr.com slash blueprint to get instant access to that free PDF. Welcome to another episode of Success Through Failure. This is your host, Jim Harshaw Jr. And today I'm bringing you a solo episode from my cozy home office. Once again, it's been a while since I've recorded an episode from here because we've been all over the place. We were in Montana and out west for about six weeks, and then we were in Cape Cod for a couple of weeks, and it feels good to be back home. I've married well, because we were visiting in-laws in all of those, both of those places. So good places to have relatives with homes. And so here we are, back in Charlottesville, getting ready to head back into school. Who knows what the fall is going to bring and this episode, I've been looking forward to recording this episode and delivering this to you. This has been on my mind for a long time, been slowly taking notes and adding bullet points to this podcast episode. And I want to start out with this. So this actually, the seed got planted several months ago when I heard a video with a guy by the name of Yoel Romero. He is a former world champion wrestler and Olympic silver medalist from Cuba. And then he got into fighting. He fights for the UFC now. He's had a decorated career in the UFC. And I want to play something for you real quickly. This is a very short video of him talking about mindset. It's a little hard to understand. Like I said, he's Cuban, but he's talking about Muhammad Ali, who in a lot of people's mind, he's the goat. And he talks about Muhammad Ali getting beaten by a shorter man, a less qualified fighter. And I think he's referring to the 1973. There's a split decision when Muhammad Ali lost to Ken Norton. It was a huge, huge upset. Ken Norton wasn't even supposed to be anywhere close to being able to compete in this fight. But Ken Norton upset Muhammad Ali. 
give this short video a listen. We're just going to splice in the audio. So take a listen. Muhammad, the best defense in the heavyweight. The best move in the heavyweight. But shorty man did it boxing. He beat him one time. Everything is possible in your life when you believe. When you believe, everything is possible. You have a two hands. Okay, so I'm going to read the transcript of what you just heard to make sure you heard exactly what he's saying, because it's a little bit hard to understand, but it's fascinating. So this is what he said. He said, Muhammad had the best defense in the heavyweight division. He had the best moves in the heavyweight division, but a shorter man with dirty boxing beat him one time. And then he peels off his glasses in this video. And I'm going to put the video in the action plan. So if you want to see it, just go to jimharshowjr.com slash action and get the action plan for this. But anyway, he peels off his glasses and he looks at the interviewer and he says, everything is possible when you believe. When you believe, everything is possible. You have two hands like me. Everything is possible. Go, go and take it, whatever you want to. And it's such a cool interview. And you can actually hear at one point, the interviewer, he actually gulps <laughs> whatever he peels when Yoel Romero takes off his glasses and stares like pierces right through to this guy's soul. And there was, I actually watched an interview when the interviewer got interviewed about having that conversation. And he's like, yeah, I was terrified. He's like, I just didn't want to make this guy mad. But there was a deep belief in this man. There's a deep-seated belief in this man who was the best in the world at what he did and is still among the best in the world what he does now in the UFC. But when you start with that belief, anything is possible. If he believed the opposite, that he's not capable and that nothing really big is possible, then he would not have achieved what he's achieved. And so I think about you. What is it that is holding you back? Do you really believe that you could achieve that thing? Whatever that thing is, that goal, that hope, that dream, that wish that's covered over in dust that maybe you've never let out into the light of day and shared with anybody else. What is it? What is that thing for you? Do you actually believe that it's possible? Because everything is possible when you believe. I remember a time when I wrestled a man by the name of Lincoln McElravey. Lincoln McElravey is one of the greatest collegiate wrestlers of all time. He was a three-time NCAA champion, four-time finalist, went on to be a world silver medalist. I wrestled him his senior year. I was a sophomore at the national championships. He's the undefeated number one ranked guy in the country. He's from Iowa. He wrestles for Iowa. The national championships that year are Northern Iowa in their foot indoor football stadium. So it was, they set an NCAA record for attendance at that event. And it was 17 or 18,000 people for just about every session for three straight days. And it's Dan Gable's last year. So if you don't know who Dan Gable is, he's one of the greatest coaches of any sport of all time. He's up there with the their Bear Bryant names of the world, the John Woodens, and Dan Gable's always in those conversations. And it's Dan Gable's 
last year, 1997, and here I get to face the arguably the best pound for pound wrestler in the country in the second round. And I'm a sophomore, unseated. This guy's undefeated, number one ranked guy in the country. Well, my coach, John McGovern, who's now the head wrestling coach at Dubuque University, convinced me that I was going to beat Lincoln McElravey. Convinced me, 100% convinced me. Everything is possible when you believe. And I believed this was possible. I stepped onto the mat to take on the number one undefeated ranked, number one ranked wrestler in the country. And I proceeded to get my tail whooped. <laughs> and it was bad. It was ugly. But not the ending to the story that you thought I was going to give you, right? But here's the deal. I had a one in 1,000 chance of beating Lincoln McElravey. And the only chance that I had to increase those odds to, let's say, one in 100 was if I believed. And I did. I believed it was possible. So my chances increased tenfold from one in a thousand to one in a hundred. And Ken Norton believed. And he got his one in 100. His odds probably weren't quite as long, but they were probably pretty darn long. But because he believed that everything is possible, he got his one in 100. Are you willing to believe that? Because that's your only shot. But it's scary. It's scary to believe that. It's not only scary, we have this doubt. Like, who am I to beat Lincoln McElravey? Who am I to beat Ken Norton? Well, why not you? And I know what you're saying. You're saying, well, but I lost this. If you're in athletics, it's like, well, I lost to this team or I lost this match or this competition. In the real world is like, well, but I don't have the degree or I don't have the money or I don't have the knowledge or skill or experience or know-how or network. I know, but everything is possible when you believe. Nothing is possible when you don't believe. I just got off of a call just about an hour before hitting record on this episode with a client. And when we went through Reveal Your Path, which is my coaching program, when we were going through the first step of my program, the first module, he crafted out his ideal day with this grand vision of what he wants for his life and what he sees. And it is phenomenal. It is like, holy macro, this guy is dreaming huge. And he set this goal, this dream to be achieved in 10 years, 10 years. And this was about four months ago when we crafted this and he believes that this is true because everything is possible when you believe and he believes that this is true. Well, this morning on our call, he said, Jim, I just found out that thing that I wrote about that ideal day, that vision. He goes, it's possible. He goes, I just found out that it's possible right now. Four months later, it's possible right now. His 10 year goal. In four months, because we crafted this vision, crafted this plan, started executing, put belief behind it, and magical things happen. This guy has no extra qualifications that you and I don't have. Like, he has just as much reason to believe or not believe in this grand vision that you have for your life, or I have for my life, or anybody else has. But he can achieve it now. I just had a call with the client a few weeks ago, actually. He and I had been working together for maybe 18 months. And he had a goal 
of building his business over the course of the next couple of years to $1 million in revenue. $1 million in revenue. That was his dream, his goal, his hope. And that's what we planned for. Well, on a call just a few weeks ago, he said, Jim, I'm actually at $2 million. I have a $2 million business. He goes, I set out and I believed that I could build this $1 million business and he had a long way to go to get there. He overshot it. Two million. He's at two million and growing. Everything is possible when you believe. I've talked about Eric Weinmayer on this podcast, who's the mountaineer who climbed Mount Everest, and he also whitewater kayaked the Grand Canyon, some of the most dangerous, unrunnable stretches of whitewater on the Grand Canyon, and he ran that. And he's blind. Everything is possible when you believe. Wilma Rudolph, she was born into a family of 22 children. She was number 20 out of 22. She got crippled as a child with polio. The doctors, the experts, the smart ones, the people who know and have been trained to give you advice said, you will never walk again. Well, she walked again. And then she didn't just walk, she ran. And then she became an elite runner. And then she made the U.S. Olympic team. Then she won the gold medal. And then she did it again and again. Three-time Olympic gold medalist. From crippled to the doctor saying you will never walk again, to believing that everything is possible and winning three Olympic gold medals. Karolaj Takich, he's a pistol shooter in Hungary back in the 1930s. He became the best in the country. He became a world-class pistol shooter, but because of his rank of sergeant in the army, he wasn't allowed to compete in the Olympics. So that law changed after the 1936 Summer Olympics, and he was now allowed to qualify to shoot for Hungary in the Olympics. So the next year, he's training for the World Championships, and a grenade goes off in his hand. It blows up his right hand. And now he can't shoot with his right hand. This is his hopes, his dreams, his goals, his wishes, everything that he'd worked for, gone because of an injury to his right hand, a severe injury when a grenade blows up. Well, he disappeared. He kind of goes underground for a whole year. Nobody knows where he went. Next year, the national championships, he shows up. And everybody says, oh, Caroline, thank you for showing up and cheering us on. I mean, it's just very graceful. We all know you're the best and you can't shoot. We appreciate you being here to show your face and to support. And he said, no, I'm here to compete. Well, he had been practicing for the past year with his left hand, his opposite hand, his non-dominant hand. And guess what? He won. He won the national championships. And he's now the best in the country again. But you come around to the 1940 Olympic Games, canceled due to the Second World War. 1944, again, canceled due to the World War. And so all of his goals, all of his hopes, all of his dreams, all his wishes, again, dashed. They're taken out of his own hand because of something outside of his control. So first it was the injury. Now it's the World War, two Olympic Games, gone. But he kept at it. And he won the Olympic gold medal in 1948. When it could have happened in 1936, he finally wins his Olympic gold medal. What's holding you back? Everything is possible when you believe, do you believe because of that massive setback that you had, that you could actually be the best at what you do? Or do you think, ah, I'm just going to let go of that belief because that's too scary. Oprah Winfrey, I mean, she was born 
impoverished, had a single mother, and she lived with her mother for a while, and then she moved to another state, lived with her father, and then moved to another state, and lived with her grandmother, and then back to living with her mother. So she got moved all around throughout her childhood. She was sexually abused by a trusted family friend when she was a child. She was pregnant by the age of 14. I mean, there's no hope for somebody like this, you think, right? No. She became one of the wealthiest women in the world, one of the most recognizable names in the world. Look at our past two presidents, Donald Trump, Barack Obama. I don't care what side you're on. Neither one of these guys should have won the presidency. Neither one of them. They had the odds stacked against them. Donald Trump, it was nobody ever thought it would be possible for them that to happen. Barack Obama, I mean, he's got a Muslim name. You think that that would keep him from office and all the other challenges, being a minority, all these things of both of these guys, like nobody ever thought either one would be president. When you look back in the Bible, Moses, he was a stutterer and asked to lead the nation of Israel. Why are you afraid to believe? Is it because you might fail? Well, if there's anything that my podcast teaches you, it's success through failure. Is it failure's normal? But it's all about your interpretation of your potential. I have a client who recently told me, he said, my father grew up poor in Greece with two brothers. His brothers felt it was their handicap. He felt it was his advantage. And he's now a successful business owner and doing quite well, very well. Like it's all about what you believe. Why not you? Why not you? Imposter syndrome is real. Imposter syndrome is the definition. It's a psychological pattern in which doubts one's accomplishments and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. I actually think that sometimes too. I have those doubts myself. I was an all-American wrestler, but I was like, some part of me goes, well, Jim, it took you four tries. You qualified four years, four times for the national championship. You only got on the podium once. And after I became an All-American, I had to wrestle like 40 minutes later, 45 minutes later, and I got pinned. I got pinned in the next match. It's like, what a punch in the gut. And I think to myself, gosh, I just kind of got lucky. I had coaches who were All-Americans who were like in my weight class. The head coach, Lenny Bernstein, the assistant coach, Charlie Branch, another assistant coach a different year, Mike Krafchick, another assistant coach another year, Brendan Buckley. I had all these coaches who happened to be All-Americans and they happened to be All-Americans in my weight class. So I had these great training partners. I just got lucky. Maybe, maybe I'm an imposter. But these people who you look at, who you think are not imposters, well, guess what? Their crap stinks too. They wake up with bedhead. They forget where they put their keys. They get in arguments with their spouse. They have to work really, really hard at making their success happen. They have to deal with their own self-doubts, their own imposter syndrome. They're just regular people. The great quote by Jackson Brown, he says, remember that everyone you meet is afraid of something, loves something, and has lost something. Everyone you meet is afraid of something. They have fear. Everyone you meet loves something. Everyone you meet has lost something. They're normal people, just like you and me. And here's something else really interesting. They have people in their lives who are close to them, maybe old high school buddies or family members 
who think that they're just a regular person. They're kind of full of it. Like Jesus Christ, this is straight from the Bible. Jesus Christ suffered from this problem. To quote the Bible, this is John 4, 44. Now Jesus himself had pointed out that a prophet has no honor in his own country. A prophet has no honor in his own country. A prophet is not respected in his own country like he is in other places. And this is mentioned other times in the Bible too. No prophet is accepted in his hometown, Luke 4, 16. There's a verse that says he left there and he went to his hometown. And when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked. And then people said, isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James? Isn't this just this dude like we played baseball with down the street who we saw growing up as a snot-nosed kid? <laughs> and Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives and in his own house is a prophet without honor. I experienced this. It's funny. I get on phone calls with people like these free clarity calls, these coaching calls and people like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm talking to Jim Harshaw. I'm like, I'm just a dude. I mean, my friends don't even listen to my podcast. My family doesn't even listen to my podcast. I think some of my friends do my closest inner circle. I don't really, you know, because I'm just a dude. I'm just Jim. They've seen me mess up. They know I'm real. So don't let this mindset hold you back. You want to know a couple other imposters who, thank goodness, they haven't said, why not me? Bill Gates, imposter. Luck. He went to high school, a high school that had acquired a computer, and instead of limiting access, they gave totally open access. So he totally lucked out. Hardly any kids in the world had this access to computers. And if you've ever read Malcolm Gladwell's book, Outliers, he talks about there's like a perfect year to be born in the tech industry. And it's 1954 and 55. Why? Because in 1975, the first personal computers were released. And so Malcolm Gladwell argues that essentially 54 and 55 were like the perfect age to become a tech titan because you were like coming of age around 20 years old when the first computers were being released. And any older, you maybe have already had a job and been stuck in your mindset on how things are supposed to be. Or any younger, you'd have been too young to take advantage of this. Steve Jobs falls into the same boat. He had unique access at a young age. The founders of Sun Microsystem, they were born, all these guys, they were all born in 1954, 1955. The three sort of big companies, you know, Microsoft, Apple, and Sun Microsystems. All the founders were right in that same couple of years. They're all imposters. <laughs> they had an unfair advantage. Well, guess what? You have one too. You're not an imposter. And so what if you are? They all are. And so I want you to go directly from this episode over to episode 259, just a few episodes back. This episode that you're listening to right now is kind of a follow-up on that because I talk about nine weird mindset tactics and hacks that you can use to create belief in yourself because I'm talking about believing and creating belief in yourself. I'm talking about everything is possible when you believe, well, you're saying, okay, Jim, well, I believe, but you know, whenever I go have a cup of coffee or, or go do something else today, I'm going to forget and not believe in myself anymore. I'm going to go back to that default operating system. I don't want you to go back to the default. I want you to level up. I want you to stay leveled up. And you can go back to episode 259. Another one is episode 202. I talk about the yeah, but yeah, but uh, I could be good, but yeah, but, or I had the success in my past. Yeah, but I had an unfair advantage or I had this. You 
have a moral obligation to get over this. You can serve the world better as a parent, as a leader, as a community member, or a financial advisor, or sales representative, or whatever you are as you walk through the world. Volunteer, coach, teacher, you can serve the world better when you get over this. You've got a moral obligation to deal with this and to get over this. So episode 259, episode 202, there's going to be powerful episodes for you to follow this up with. I encourage you to take action. If that action feels right to you, for you to have a call with me, let's jump on a call. Just go to jimharshajr.com slash apply or download the action plan for this. Go to jimharshajr.com slash action and you can get the action plan from this, quotes, notes, links, etc. But take action. Don't sit on this. If you're listening to this and you're fired up and you know there's more in you, there's more potential in you, you just know that you're driving with the parking brake on, let's unlock that thing. Take action and give this a share. If you know somebody who could use this message, share this with them. Share it with one other person. Lift them up. Find a way to serve them. I encourage you to take action. I encourage you to internalize this. And I thank you for listening. As always, take the time to get clear on your goals and embrace failure as a stepping stone on your path to success. Mm-hmm.